Hey dudes, this is The Big Game. I'm Justin Hargett. This week on the show, we're going to talk about Barcelona's 2-1 victory over Manchester City in the first leg of their two-game series, now that the Champions League has reached the round of 16. Uh, Last season, these two teams met in the same exact round, and Barcelona easily advanced, and it looks like they're going to do that again. Uh, The final game of this series will air on Fox Sports on Wednesday, March 18th, Uh, so tune in if you want to see how it turns out. To talk about the game, I called up Brandon Kelly. Uh, He's one of the best and most enthusiastic fantasy soccer league managers that I've ever met. And he also did the logo for the podcast. You can find him on Twitter at BSKBroiler. We're going to talk about the best players the money can buy in this year, the world's second most prestigious knockout tournament. Uh, I will, for some reason, attempt to defend the biting antics of Luis Suarez. And Brandon, meanwhile, uh, will call Bayern Munich the most boring team on the planet. Uh, and, and then we'll get into whether or not Barcelona's Lionel Messi will ever make the jump to the Premier League. It's a fun conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for coming on The Big Game. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. It's so nice. I swear I didn't pay you to say that. <laughs> no, you don't need to pay me to say anything. Actually, um, I remember you uh, uh, suggesting to me a, a while back that this podcast would be happening, and I, uh, I've i done a few podcasts in my time, and I remember thinking, uh, people can talk a big game about starting podcasts. Mm. Oh, I just used big game there in the sentence. Nice plug. Um, uh, but it's hard to follow through. So I have been really impressed with your follow through on this podcast, and it's really awesome. And uh, what you're doing is really cool. Well, I, so I, I appreciate be- that because uh, all of my technical like tips and doodads were a courtesy of your advice, um, <laughs> and and your great uh, hiatus podcast, always cheating. Which uh, when's oh, the next three, I, I did come? three episodes, uh, and there'll be uh, Easter eggs throughout the course of the big game. Maybe you can find them. Fantastic. All right, so I brought you on today because uh, you and I are in a Premier League fantasy league together. That's that's how we kind of know each other, became, you know, close, if you will. Yes, yes. Uh, well, prior prior to the fantasy league, we became very close playing a game of diplomacy online, but that's for another podcast. Yeah, let's, let's save that for the long shrift. But for, yeah, the Fantasy League is a lot of fun, and we're in a league of about 18 people who are big fans of the Premier League, Uh, but you and I have a special bond because we participate in a great head-to-head competition called the Fast Food Cup. That's true, of which you are now the owner. I am the owner temporarily of the Fast Food Cup, Um, so we'll we'll see how the whole season shakes out. I feel like that's the only reason you brought it up. Yes, it is. I'm looking at it right now here in my living room. All right. Well, so this this isn't a podcast today about the Premier League, unfortunately, but it is about uh, the champions of last season's Premier League, Manchester City, going up against Barcelona, who are the runners-up in uh, La Liga last season, um, in the round of 16 in UEFA's annual knockout tournament called the Champions League. Uh, I just want to start really quickly. I need to get your honest opinion on the Champions League theme song. What do you think? Uh, wow. Uh, I think it's pretty awesome, I guess. Um, I mean, when you talk about pomp, I guess <laughs> if somebody were to say define pomp, I would say the Champions League theme song. 
Um, is it in English though? That's what I don't get. Like it is it? Yeah, I guess they do say champions. Nice. It does sound a little bit like they're saying chomp, like I'm chomping on a <laughs> carrot stick. Champions, uh, which I do find a little strange. Maybe it's a little French. It could be a little French. Well, I would I would describe it as continental. Okay. Well, I can't stand it, and I I really <laughs> wish that they would like limit its usage to like one airing per game because like. <laughs> You know, it's, like, built up for, like, the first half-hour, like, segment of, like, preview show, like, in between, like, every commercial. Yeah, Uh, we've got, like, Heineken slapped all over the place, too. Yeah, and then during halftime, it's all over the place, and it's it's just driving me crazy. But despite that fact, uh, the game itself between Man City and Barcelona, I thought thought it was a pretty good game. I mean, it was a game of two halves for sure, um, but you've got, you know, a red card, uh, a missed penalty... Um, three pretty slick goals, if I might say so. Um, I agree. So it certainly had the makings of a good game. Um, but but what did you think? Did it live up to the big hype? Uh, I agree with you in that it did have all the ingredients of a big game. It was strange how it unfolded, though, and that those ingredients seemed to sort of uh, stay where they were in the mise en place. Like, the ingredients never came together to create uh, sorry to be so metaphorical here but to create a really delicious dish mm-hmm. um, I felt like those ingredients just came to me one at a time yeah it was definitely a game of two halves and the first half was totally dominated by Barcelona and the second half I, I think you see this a lot in soccer games where a first half is dominated that usually means the second half that team will be less dominant but also that second half will be kind of boring yeah absolutely um which is interesting to say because the second half did have a missed penalty a red card and a great man city goal to bring man city within one of of time but ultimately i felt sort of unsatisfied by the the culmination of the second half. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. I mean, it had the makings of a great game, but they were not uh, produced in the order to create like any sort of like narrative suspense. Um, you know, you've got this great storyline of Luis Suarez playing in England for the first time um, since he left Liverpool la- at the end of last season, and he's he's coming in now with this like very like stacked Barcelona team. Um, leading this like trident of forwards, like three of the greatest players in the world right now of Lionel Messi, uh, Neymar, and Luis Suarez. And so, you know, you've kind of got this interesting story of Suarez is coming back um, from the suspension. He's kind of not been scoring quite as many goals as he did at Liverpool, um, but he comes into this game in Manchester um, and scores two very uh, perfunctory utilitarian goals. Just for like some from really like beautiful build up play, um, yeah. and kind of you know gets to put his stamp on this game and put his stamp on kind of the fans in England and say, hey, look, I'm I'm still the real deal, and you guys are gonna have to you know suffer. Yeah, and I feel like his celebration after that first goal. I mean, we saw it a zillion times last year with uh, Liverpool, but you could see it written all over his face how how just excited and 
self-satisfied he was, not necessarily in a bad way, to have scored that goal in England in the Champions League. And it seemed like a weight was lifted off his shoulders. And it made me happy. It made me happy to see Luis Suarez again on my TV scoring goals. I frankly missed the hell out of him watching the Premier League. He's such an amazing character. And And I think he definitely got a bum rap. I mean, uh, his his suspension for for the biting seemed totally self-serving and uh, just kind of FIFA getting on its high horse and saying what you can't do, which is just comical uh, when, when you really <laughs> yes, look at it. Yes, a, a, a governing body telling somebody they can't bite another person is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't totally disagree with you, and, and there are, like, lots of other awful things that FIFA should be clamping down on, but... It, but the biting is a little weird, Justin. I mean, I think this is this is no different than if he'd thrown a punch at somebody. It's just we've, yeah. we've stigmatized biting as, you know, clearly a, a juvenile act. Um, but, you know, professional athletes are kind of stunted adolescents many times. Um, yeah. And so and, I, th- I think, you know, this has this was his third strike, uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but a four-month ban... For something that's basically, you know, a red card in a game, a one-game suspension, just seems totally overkill. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I'm glad to see him back scoring goals. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting juxtaposition to see a character like him up against Lionel Messi, whose defining characteristic is that he has no real defining <laughs> personality. Um, but they both perform at this really high level, and Luis Suarez is one of those guys where he seems to only thrive through his sociopathy and i find that really exciting and yeah uh, speaking of that like triumvirate there was this great shot um leading into the second half where the rest of barcelona had gotten onto the field but trailing out of the tunnel was neymar messi and suarez and they were the three of them walking together i don't know they weren't really talking to each other but it was just so interesting to see the three of them together as a collective mm-hmm. and it was fascinating watching the game to see them all accept their various roles and to play them to a T. Uh, it was it was really a pleasure to watch yeah absolutely and there was i think it was a grantland article last week previewing the game um and i thought this was a really salient point the writer said you know this is this is not pep guardiola's tiki taka barcelona um this is a you know, at times they can hold possession, and they certainly did that. I think maybe the second goal was like some ridiculous string of passes, um, but that first goal was just like pure counterattacking. Um, and to watch those three guys lead it and just sprint down the field on a counterattack, followed up by um, the wingbacks flanking them, like they just when you have that much talent that is that is um, that capable on the ball and that quick, it just seems impossible to defend and. Manchester City proved that you can't defend it. I agree. And and speaking of Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, I agree that 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 style of play is kind of on the wane. And there was a lot of talk about that when Spain was crushed in this last World Cup. But I I thought about this watching the game, looking at Man City, which is a team that is supposedly on the ascendancy a lot of money being spent on that team a lot of questions being asked as to why they can't perform at the highest level being the champions league 
And then you have a team like Barcelona that's supposedly in some sort of restructuring phase or redefining phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching this game, you could see that Barcelona, they they haven't really lost that much of a step. They are still a club that has... Um, well, I guess you would call it like institutional knowledge. Mm-hmm. You, even watching that game, you could see the pass and move, the finding of space, never staying still. Uh, and then watching City, it was hard. It's hard to pinpoint. Even watching Man City dominate in the Premier League, it's hard to watch them and pinpoint what that institutional knowledge is meant to be. Mm-hmm. So. Um, as much hype as there was about is Man City going to take it to Barcelona? Are they going to establish themselves finally as a Champions League league club? Watching this game, it's clear that Man City is so far from being ready for that stage because they just don't have that that breadth that Barcelona does. I don't know if that's just down to your youth academy being deep and having a decade's worth of players come through, which Man City hasn't quite had yet, um, and Barcelona has, uh, but it, 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 they just don't seem comparable yet at this point. Yeah, it seemed to me watching the game that Man City was trying to play sort of like tiki-taka era, you know, 2011-2012 Barcelona style, um, but they're just not as good at it. They just don't have the components to really make it uh, zing. So yeah, so it doesn't seem to me like they have the components to really uh, to, to play that style of football, and it seems like maybe just that style, like th- there was no uh, there was no threat in the attack that Man City had. I mean, it kind of increased towards towards the second half, which I think I think we should talk about in in a minute. But you know, during the first half of the game, they were just kind of like passing the ball around, getting it out um, to the final third, out to the wing, and crossing in, and and everything just kind of seemed. Uh, fruitless. There just there just wasn't. You never really felt like they had a like a good chance on goal for the entire first half. Um, yeah, Ju- Justin, I'm no I'm no professional um, formation expert or tactician. I felt this exact same way, and uh, but watching Man City, I felt like they were really rigid, mm-hmm. and they were really concerned with keeping their shape, particularly going forward. And you could see, like, Fernando getting the ball in the attacking half, and then Silva would drop in to his position, Jeco and Aguero would get on the last defenders, and they would just stand there. Mm-hmm. And they seemed to be waiting for something to happen. And I think probably the major problem here is that Yaya Torre wasn't playing and Fernando really had no idea how to um, how to initiate any sort of attacking threat. They probably could have used Silva dropping a little deeper to get the ball and link. Uh, but I totally agree. There was no attacking impetus, and I didn't see as much movement there as with Barcelona. Well, do you think Yaya Torre is the answer? Because, you know, watching maybe like the first 10 minutes of the game, you know, uh, Man City is coming off of a 5-0 victory over Newcastle um, on, on the weekend in the Premier League. And, you know, Ed and Dzeko had this this really great game. And so in the first 10 minutes of this one, you know, I was kind of watching him a little bit more closely than usual. And, you know, he had a really great uh, takedown from the air and kind of like a turn and shoot. And it kind of seemed like 
if there was a point, if there was a piece that Barcelona was going to have trouble with, it was going to be the size of Ed Dzeko. Um, and exactly. And I think, I think Yaya Torre, uh, equal in stature, is going to, if he comes back for the next game and, you know, is kind of uh, worked into the group and, and, and they're playing well with him, um, that could really be the piece that gives Man City the chance to go over Barcelona. I totally agree. Uh, Chris Ryan, who writes for Grainland.com, a couple years ago wrote a piece about Man City in the Premier League, and he described Yaya Torre as the Kool-Aid man <laughs> running through the midfield going, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I totally see that. And you could see a team like Barcelona having issues with a really physical presence like that that's not afraid to try and burst through a tackle. And a guy like Jordi Alba might not be where he could tackle the hell out of Gail Clichy mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't be able to take on Yaya Torre. My concern, though, is that that actually isn't a style of play that is legal in the Champions League. Like the, the, <laughs> the Premier League is a is a physical, brutal uh, marathon of, of football games. Um, and the toughest teams you know, always have a chance to win every weekend just because they're physical and they're going to knock you over and they're going to put you on your ass um, and, and they're going to defend and they're going to fight. But as soon as, like, that kind of starts to happen in a Champions League game, yellow cards start flying, uh, you know, yeah, fouls yeah, and start I, flying. And, like, I, this, I think this game is a perfect example is Gail Clichy sees two pretty weak-to-me yellow cards um, and all of a sudden, you know, 75 minutes into the game, he's sitting on the bench, and Man City, who's just scored a goal and is, like, about to come back into this game, is completely neutered uh, and, and basically have to, you know, uh, take their chances on the road in two weeks or, or whenever it is and then get two goals to, to even win the series. So, I mean, can, can a Premier League team—I know Chelsea did this, you know, just a few years ago, but this season, uh, with the way that Champions League games are kind of— um, a refereed, you know, I don't know. I mean, does Man City even have a chance now? Yeah, uh, and uh, exactly the same. There are echoes of when Manchester United lost to Real Madrid uh, in the Champions League to in Alex Ferguson's last season when mm-hmm. Nani got sent off for a second yellow or maybe it was a straight red. I can't remember. It was a really soft call. Um, with Clichy uh, in this game, I, it was kind of tough for him to go off with the red card, and it was it was difficult. The second one was really weak. He he was I, going I for actually, the ball. I, I don't think so. No. I his foot was very high. Went right. It was on Jordi Elba, wasn't it? I, <laughs> yeah, I th- I think it was. And it was into his knee, and I I was watching it on uh, the Fox network, and I agreed with whoever the commentator was, where it was just kind of a naive challenge. He knew he was on a yellow, and he had nothing to gain uh, to try and win the ball at that part of the field. Um, I felt it was I felt it was a little naive. But you know, and, what? Man City only scored their goal because of you know a, a pretty similar play. Gail Clichy breaks up a pass in the midfield and then I think lays it off for uh, Fernandinho who lays it off for Davi Silva who sets it up for uh, Kun Aguero and like it's it's that kind of like uh, physical I'm going to win the ball off you tackle that yeah maybe it wasn't the great one but I don't know if it's the second yellow I mean the, the referee has to kind of and I think he's got to manage the game better than that 
I mean, this is a this is a an elite competition where you lose, you go home, and <laughs> and the referee is saying, hey, uh, actually, this is about me. Uh, so let's just kind of focus on what I'm going to say right now, and you're going to go sit on the bench, and we're going to play 20 minutes of uh, a totally lopsided game. Yeah, I mean, not to get too deep into Premier League talk here, because well, we're talking about the Champions League, but it's interesting to be talking about the quality of refereeing in this Champions League game after a weekend where we saw some of the most appalling refereeing <laughs> in the Premier League in a long time. Uh, where there were numerous penalty, clear-cut penalty calls that were not taken into account, lots of situations that were left to get out of control. Um, I thought the refereeing in this game uh, with Barcelona and Man City was was pretty good. Um, down to the penalty call, down to the yellow cards that were being distributed, and the majority of the yellow cards were going to Barcelona players. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe I'm used to watching Premier League games, so I'm used to watching terrible officiating and, like, bad blowing calls. <laughs> so it's just kind of informed my well, opinion of it. Hey, this is something I wanted to talk about, Justin, speaking of uh, really terrible tackles. Um, can we talk about Vincent Company? Please. So, so I told you before we started this podcast, I this was my big uh, bugaboo uh, about this game. And company has been an interesting defender to watch over the last couple of years. And uh, I have I have a note here. What do I have? Uh, company wants to be a hero, but he doesn't seem to be able to organize his defense. <laughs> so um, I was thinking about a guy like John Terry for Chelsea who um, he plays a similar style of game to Vincent Company, uh, but Terry seems to always be in in the same mindset as his back line, mm-hmm. and they seem to be functioning as a unit. It's and true. Company, the last couple of years, I think he's trying to take a little too much on, say like like Steven Gerrard for Liverpool. He play he tries to play hero ball, and um, he can end up extending himself too far and making mistakes that cost the team. And on both of the Barcelona goals, you saw a company trying to extend himself too far, missing tackles, and he's meant to be the bedrock of whatever it is that they're calling a defense there at Manchester (laughs) City. Yeah. And I think if you look at that, if you look at that city team, what's preventing them from moving on? They've got great attacking targets like Sergio Aguero, Wilfred Boney, Iden Dzeko. Their midfield is great, though they were lacking that link-up play with Yaya Torre, which we were just talking about. But their defense is just really shaky. Yeah, Joe Hart inspires no confidence. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't. And frankly, that penalty save he had at the end of the game was a pretty easy one to make <laughs> if he guesses the right way. And I'm sure he's I'm sure he's cashing in on that save for yeah. the next week. Um, but, yeah, company it doesn't seem to have what it takes to lead that defense right now. And he's well, making a lot think, of poor like, challenges. Who is partnered with him as a center back? I can't even like I'm. I'm well, Di Michaelis was partnered with him uh, for this game. But, yeah, if you if you follow the Premier League season, there's so much rotation happening in the back with Man City. Com- but the company is starting every game, but he could be paired with Di Michaelis. He could be uh, paired with um, Mangala. Yeah. 
uh, he could be paired with. I mean, I wonder if that lack of consistency is is maybe what's maybe lack of consistency uh, paired with lack of quality. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think so. There was some talk about how Gail Clichy has great Champions League experience. He was in the final against Barcelona when he was playing for Arsenal. And to me, again, going back to that second yellow card that he got, that did not exhibit any experience, quote, at all. Uh, he, and he might, I think he'd probably, even if they won, he would miss the next game, right? Because... Yeah. The yellow was the first yellow was he's yeah. already going to miss the next game, and then the red uh, is, is another suspension on top of that. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think I think what you're saying earlier is like, is Man City ready for the Champions League? And, and the answer is no. Uh, and and you're probably right. I think it's going to come down to their defense. And by the time they figure that out, who knows if their attacking options are still going to be around? And it doesn't really seem like they're replacing or bringing up people that are going uh, to replace a lot of their, you know, uh, key people in midfield and forward. Like when James Milner is taking your uh, free kick from 30 yards out, I, I your team is screwed. You're done. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. you're not going to Famous beat Aston Villa midfielder James Milner. God bless him. Um yeah, and I don't know if it's just a deeper question. I think I hinted upon this earlier. Is is it more of an institutional thing where Barcelona, they they have a culture there, they are they are a long-standing uh, dominant club, and you have new players coming in and they're forced to fit into a culture. Mm-hmm. And Man City doesn't have that culture, so they're busy trying to bring in new players. They're bringing in new managers to try and generate a culture so i feel like it it could be a generation before man city could see a quality champions league team because they really in my in my armchair opinion need to make the investment in their youth academy and their system well you know what's going to happen is nycfc is going to bring up some real good talent and then man city is just going to swoop in and take them Mix Discarude is going to be list, lifting that <laughs> uh, lifting that uh, UEFA trophy. Yeah, absolutely. In, in three years, in three years for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, let's let's wrap this up, Brandon. Uh, do you think Messi will ever play in the Premier League? Uh, do you think we'll get to see it? I, there were there were some um, some very tabloidy rumors going around during this last transfer rumor that. Uh, this last transfer window that Chelsea was trying to get Messi off of Barcelona. No way. And I, I found that to be really intriguing, um, but also really improbable. And it's it's interesting to compare Messi and Ronaldo. I think a lot of people like Messi or they like Ronaldo. And what made Messi a guy that you wanted to root for two years ago is definitely on the wane. Messi just doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that's ambitious at this point. I don't see him moving on to another club to get more trophies. He's kind of accomplished everything. Yeah, I mean, he's the all-time leading scorer in the Champions League, and it's probably pretty close to that in La Liga, if, if not already the owner of it. Um, and, and I just I actually, I mean, after watching this game and seeing him take a couple bumps, I think there's a really good shoulder-to-shoulder tackle from uh, one of the Man City midfielders or defenders. Kind of just put him on his ass. And he just, I don't think he'd hack it. I think he'd, uh, 
he'd get hurt trying yeah, to play he, England. Well, I, I think he's still got the skill, but he's been so pampered at Barcelona for so long. And uh, the amount of parity that exists in the Premier League, the amount of uh, the challenges that would come to him week to week and the physicality, I, I agree. He, that's not what he's out, out for. Yeah. All right, well, so, so let's look ahead then uh, at this matchup because we're going to see this game again in two weeks. Um, what do you think will happen? Man, Man, Man City is going into Barcelona playing an away game down a goal. Um, and they're probably going to need to score two goals. They're probably going to win to need. They're probably going to uh, need to win two to nil uh, to to move on to the next round. Um, so, what do you think? I mean, is this even possible? I, I it, Barcelona only loses so many games a year at home, um, <laughs> which they just did this weekend. But still, I mean, it's an astronomical number. Uh, do you think Man City even has a chance? Um, maybe with Yaya Torre or not? Yeah, I, I think they'll have what they need to win they'll have Yaya Torre they certainly don't need Gail Clichy on the pitch to win <laughs> Kolarov can fill in quite admirably they'll have their strike force and Boni Aguero and Jekko and frankly I'm really interested to see how Boni grows into this team because I think he's a really excellent striker and he's so new to the team he hasn't really quite found the flow I don't know if you remember this he had a pretty good chance at goal, and Fernando, I don't know if I don't remember if it was Fernando or Fernandinho, stepped right on his shot and block, basically blocked it. <laughs> yeah, well, I couldn't, tell, I couldn't tell if that was the case or if he was taking a shot, uh, and it just so happened that Fernandinho's foot was in the way. <laughs> yes, yeah, it could be either. Um, but all that said, I think they'll have the tools if they can, if they can, solidify the defense a little bit um they'll have the tools to get the win i i wouldn't bet on it <laughs> i mean may, maybe they'll maybe they could eke out a 1-0 win which wouldn't be enough uh but my money would be on barcelona barcelona just looked so ready for the fight yeah. against man city they looked so quick they looked so eager and they didn't and they didn't necessarily look like they were out to prove anything they just looked they just they looked looked loose. like they were going to out they looked loose and they looked like they were ready to just outclass man city yeah i mean do you think they can they can go all the way then well i don't know i i frankly haven't watched enough of the champions league or enough of the various leagues to see how bayern munich and real madrid and psg or juventus uh, oh, there have been some crazy results. Um, Monaco beat yeah, let's, Arsenal three one. Let's, let's not talk about that one, Brian. Let's just move move along. Next thought. Next thought. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry about that, Justin. Very <laughs> very humiliating. Though as a Fulham fan, it was uh, funny to see Berbatov outscoring for yet another club. <laughs> uh, Dimitar. I, I, I think it's kind of an exciting season for the Champions League. I guess for uh, the the casual fan. I because I couldn't predict. I don't know. I mean, I would really hate to see Bayern Munich win because to me they're the most bo- boring team on the planet, <laughs> um, just by the way they're structured. Um, but yeah, Barcelona. I they've they've got so many exciting players. It would be a, they're a fun team to root for. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. And uh, hopefully I'll have you back on uh, in a couple weeks, in a couple months, to talk about some more Premier League games, talk about some Champions League games, soccer of all sorts. How about that? Hey, we could just talk about the fast food cup for 30 minutes. (laughs) That would suit me. We'll we'll save that one for the next pod. (laughs) Hey, thanks a lot, Justin. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Brandon. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Big Game. If you haven't yet, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher, uh, leave a review if you like what you hear, or drop me a line at JethroTarget on Twitter. Uh, You can also check us out on Facebook slash Big Game Podcast. Uh, Highly encourage you to become a fan of the show and get all of the latest updates and new episodes when they drop. Stay tuned for more next week on The Big Game. (laughs) 